today's bulletin brought to you by Your Sound, your community, Alive 90.5. National Radio News. Hello, I'm Laura DeVoy. National Cabinet has agreed to extend pandemic leave disaster payments, which were due to end on September the 30th. Amanda Kopp reports from Canberra. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has confirmed that support payments for people who contract COVID-19 will continue for as long as mandatory isolation periods are in place. While the government requires uh, mandated isolation, the government has a responsibility to provide support uh, during that period. The Commonwealth will split the cost with the states 50-50. So far, the program has cost $2.2 billion since the payment began. Mr Albanese also added there will now be a limit of three payments over a six-month period to reduce the risk of fraud. Amanda Kopp, National Radio News, Canberra. Representatives from four Pacific nations have accepted an invitation from Australia for transport to the Queen's funeral. Officials from the Solomon Islands, Papua New Guinea, Tuvalu and Samoa have accepted the offer to travel from Australia to London as part of commemorations for the late monarch. It comes as National Cabinet met to discuss plans for the National Day of Mourning on September the 22nd. The leaders released a statement noting the one-off public holiday would be a chance for all Australians to pay tribute to the Queen outside of a work and study setting. The Nine Media Group has made a public apology for defaming former Liberal politician Andrew Lamming. Dr Lamming sued over allegations in a Nine News report in March last year that he took a lewd upskirt photograph of a waitress. The broadcaster's apology was read by Dr Lamming's barrister during a brief federal court hearing in Sydney this morning. Nine said it unreservedly withdraws the allegations and apologises to Dr Lamming and his family for the hurt and harm caused by the report. Health experts say the Japanese encephalitis outbreak in New South Wales is likely six times larger than originally thought. A blood sample survey conducted with just under 1,000 regional residents found that one in 11 people showed evidence of a previous infection. It comes as just 13 cases of the mosquito-borne illness were confirmed in the state during an outbreak across January and February this year. Turning to sport, Brisbane's Jared Berry has been cleared to play in this Friday's AFL preliminary final against Geelong. The Lions' one-match suspension was dismissed at last night's tribunal hearing. Berry's team successfully arguing his hand contact with Melbourne's Clayton Oliver was justifiable and not intentional. And in cycling, Australian Richie Port has announced his retirement. The 37-year-old Tasmanian bowed out of the sport after the tour of Britain was cancelled over the weekend due to the death of the Queen. And in weather, Australians along the eastern seaboard could be in for more flooding in the coming months after the Bureau of Meteorology declared a La Nina event is underway for the third year in a row. The Bureau says changes in water and atmospheric temperature as a result of La Nina can influence global weather patterns, including more rainfall over large parts of Australia. Senior meteorologist Jonathan Howe says the three-month climate outlook shows a strong chance of high rainfall for most of the eastern half of the Australian mainland and eastern Tasmania. Every La Nina event is different, but what we can expect from this one is above average rainfall right across the east and centre of the country. So Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, eastern Tasmania, all the way to Adelaide and even the top end can expect above average rainfall right through to spring and we're expecting it through parts of summer as well. National Radio News, produced by Charles Sturt University, the Community Radio Network and supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. 
Hey, welcome to the studio, listening live to Butterfield Mario. And now it's time for the some weather that being said, as you as you as you heard the, the professionals and experts, it's gonna be very wet for next six months. They already know ahead how it's gonna weather look like, even we don't know it's gonna be how it's gonna be tomorrow. But lucky for you, you have Mario Becker today in the studio who's gonna share with you weather today. Current temperature is 17.7 degrees and it feels like 14.9 degrees. As for the rest of the week, Wednesday, uh, Thursday, 15 September, uh, 18 degrees is gonna be maximum and uh, rain is gonna be 90% chance, which means gonna be very wet. As well goes for Friday, uh, 16 September, 24 degrees and chances of rain 20%. Saturday, 17 September, please remember and uh, feel free to drop some presents. It's my 50th birthday, so like, you know, that's a good weather time. 25 degrees on Saturday, Sunday, 20 degrees, Monday, 23, and Tuesday, 25 degrees with a 60% chance of rain. You're listening live, 90.5, and my name is Mario Beckes, and this radio show, Live the Butterfield, has a true privilege to introduce awesome guests in studio. But let's go take a short break and uh, enough of my sexy voice.
Hey, welcome to studio. Listening live to Butterfield with Mario Beckett, the sexiest voice on the planet, and of course the most desirable radio talk show in the galaxy, not just in planet. Before we continue, as I mentioned before, on a Saturday I'm gonna be 50 years old, and why I'm saying this to you guys? Apart of having the true privilege having the great guest in studio, and she's gonna say with us what the future looks like in retail branding and you know beyond that scope. Her name is Stella Giannotto. But when was the last time you said to yourself you're thankful? When was the last time you said to yourself, I'm happy or I'm glad I'm alive? I'm turning 50 on Saturday and it took me a little bit time to understand what's happening to me by turning 50. You can say that 50 is just a number. It is not just a number. Becoming older, no question asked. I have the, some spots on my skin. You know, I'm wrinkling. I can't even do the, my, uh, my, my, my stretching as before. And I becoming, you know, a little bit less mobile, I will say. But what I'm grateful for, at age of 18, I went in the war, and it wasn't my call, but I survived the war, and I buried most of my friends 30 years ago, my family members, and the list goes on. So what I'm grateful for, first of all, I'm grateful to I am today sitting in a studio for Live 90.5, having my own radio talk show. Secondly, I have the great, great guest in studio today, Sela Giannotto. And most importantly, I'm alive, I'm breathing, and I can say thank you. Thank you to all of you listeners of Live 90.5. Thank you all members of this great radio station. And most importantly, thank you all of you who are supporting me, Mario Beckett. You can find more of the podcast and more talk shows. Um, just Google it, either Mario Beckett or Life the Butterfield. Now, enough about me. Time to introduce my guest. And my guest is Stella Genotto. Stella. Hello. How are you, Stella? I'm good. Yes, yeah, Stella. I'm well, excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, let me, I have the little bit piece of paper spy on you. Oh dear. Um, okay. So should I be worried? No, no, you should not. <laughs> you should not be worried. Like, you should be worried when I start addressing myself. It's like, I'm, I'm hot and everything else. Yeah. So lucky there's a lot well, of people. Well, you're turning 50. Yes, that's true. Oh. You, see? you are, you're turning 50. That's a hot age. You see, that's not a song, you know, I'm excited. So like, you know, twinkle, twinkle, little star. <laughs> Well, Stella means star in Italian, so, and we're we're in the stratosphere. Yeah, absolutely. So let me let me dig deep into you know who is Stella Genotto. So feel free to correct me in any statement, or maybe pronouncing your name or surname. You've actually got it right, yeah. Giannotto. Giannotto mm-hmm. sounds like a Chinotto and Chinotto, Ex- <laughs> Chinotto, Chinotto. With a bit of G in it. With a bit of G <laughs> and uh, some arancini there. As a consumer. Futurist Stella Giannotto helps retail brands get under the skin of their future cons- customers so they can predict what will they think, do, want, and need. I'm with this information. Stella works with the brand to develop strategies that can help them succeed in this brave new world through uncovering missed opportunities and identifying new ones, reimagining the retail environment to better appeal to consumers, creating hybrid models that can deliver long-term sustainable growth, turning customers into brand advocates and customers for life, and making Mario Becker's voice even more sexier. So, Stella. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that that last one I just I just bullshitted. Okay, so tell us Stella, who is Stella? Well, this is what I read, you know, that's a prepared bio, but I like to share with our listeners who is Stella and what does Stella do for the, her clients and her business. 
So that's a really good question and it's good that we've got a bit of time but essentially when people say what is it that you do I always say I create memorable profitable market leading brands mm. that's what we do how we do it is an interesting question yes who we do it for well everyone essentially who's in business is a brand yes um, and today, the definition of what a brand is and what a, do- a brand does has seriously changed in the last 24 to 36 months yes. because of a little thing called the global pandemic. Um, and as a result of that, the way that we communicate with one another, the way that we communicate our messages, and the way that we actually now hear and absorb those messages has completely changed. And why has that happened? Because all of us as consumers, all of our behaviour has been altered and not willingly either. So when a person's behaviour is altered, what they do in terms of how they shop and how they seek leisure and how they educate themselves, even how they work, changes. You and I can agree. We Mm. cannot disagree on this one, but world has changed dramatically. Dramatically. And... If, if we compare the life before the, the COVID, you know, I, I remember myself, you know, I enjoy walking out and, you know, mm-hmm. in the shop setting us. And then something changed in that that respect that suddenly it's not that I want to, I don't want to go out anymore, but somehow I becomes more convenient, you know, going on my computer, click, click, click and mm. choose the things. Why is that still? What was this happen? Why the consumers accepted that type of behavior that we now the more spending time on a screen rather than um, going to shops. Well, an interesting thing happened when we all went into lockdown or restrictions were imposed on us. And that was we actually had some time to stop and to think and to reassess what was important and what wasn't important in our lives. And in that period, we did whatever we needed to do to either survive or to entertain ourselves or to make ourselves feel good. So when eventually we emerged from restrictions and lockdowns, we didn't want to fill up our time being busy for the sake of being busy. We wanted to do things that were going to enrich our lives, that were going to make us feel good and that were valuable to us. And for 56% of consumers, shopping in a retail outlet is not one of them anymore. That's very sad, actually. You know, I must say it's sad. And i tell you why it's sad. You know, I travelled recently, you know, overseas in uh, May and, you know, it was a trip around the globe, literally, like, you know, Europe and the Asia <clears throat> and come back in Australia. And what I... <laughs> I've been asked with the several people to bring some things I can buy in duty-free shop. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find anymore. No. And they even told me, you know, you can go online. I said, like, well, I just want to touch the things in the shop. I just want to <laughs> buy them. And literally on airports, and we talk about Singapore Airport, Changi, mm. which is tremendously big. And it's amazing. Yeah, but amazing. it's nothing. It's literally nothing. It's a one coffee shop on Terminal mm. 3. I was working and a very few shops and everything else was shut down. And that I was being told you can go online. Do you think that this trend is going to continue? I do actually, except that it's going to continue in a slightly 
altered way is going to continue in what we call a hybrid way. So we're no longer used to what we call bricks and mortar. We're used to shopping in a way called clicks and mortar. So, oh my God, yeah. so it's a hybrid business model. It means that half of us will continue to shop online and the other half will actually want to go into a store or want to go into a physical environment, whether it's retail or not. So I'm talking broadly about all business. And those that want to go into a physical environment want to go into a physical environment because they can't get something that they need in order to complete the transaction online. For example, touch. You just said you want to go to a duty-free store and you yeah. want to physically touch something. Yes. So we can't quite replicate touch now online. Even with AI and virtual reality, we still can't replicate the feel of touch, nor can we replicate smell. So if, for example, you're going to uh, buy something online and you're not sure of the size, you'll more than likely go into the physical environment, go in, try it on, size it up, feel it, touch it. You may not purchase at that particular point in time, but you may go home or you may go to a local coffee shop and an hour or two hours later, you can have it delivered in the colour that you want, your size. Nobody else has tried it on. It's delivered right to your doorstep and you've had a great day out. So this is how we've changed in our behaviours now in the way that we shop. So when you understand that, the retail environment becomes different because it's not about shopping anymore. It's about forming a relationship with the consumer. And when you form a relationship with the consumer, you start to understand their behaviours. And when you get to know them intimately, you can almost predict their behaviours because we all have a set of criteria in terms of how and when and what we do when we shop. And when you understand what that data is, it becomes very easy to market to those consumers. You know, I'm confused. Prior COVID, we were being told as a parents and even to us adults, don't spend too much time behind the screen. It's not good for your eyes, it's not mm-hmm. good for your health, particularly kids, right? Yep. And now, suddenly, it's accepted that we spend 27 hours per day in mm-hmm. front of screen. Even we can't touch it, feel it, these things on the screen and we're spending so much time on screen. What do you think? Is that healthy? I don't think it's healthy. You no. only have to look at the number of... Um, Uh, the increased appointments with uh, with optometrists. Everyone's eyes have deteriorated. You only have to look at the increased appointments with chiropractors and physios. You know, our own stature, our own posture has been affected. You only have to look at the way that some people are off socially because they haven't been socialised with other people. And I mean, let's look at all of our immunities. We've got no herd immunity, so of course, what's worse than the pandemic? The influenza going around at the moment. So no, it's not healthy. I said this at the beginning, and maybe you agree disagree with me, but that's enough to do with this topic. I say the difference between the conspiracy and the, and the reality, mm. it is time. And, you know, I mean, I think that's what we confirm right now. But anyway. 100%. Yeah, time. <laughs> it's a time. time. <laughs> conspiracy and truth, only difference is the time. Let's go take a short break. We speak, we're talking today to Stella Genotto. And uh, she's a consumer futurist. And we're going to dig deeper into this after the short break. Alive 90.5. You're listening to the sound of Alive 90.5. Hi, it's Phil from New Vision Real Estate, here to talk to you about side tables. Why side tables, you ask? If you cannot fit nice side tables in your home, whether you're always too small for the right table, or you can't fit a deluxe bedside table in your room, let alone the king-size bed you want, it's time to upgrade. It's time to upsize. So, if you need someone ethical, 
knowledgeable and thorough to put in the extra effort to get your property into the best shape. Get you top dollar. You need Phil from New Vision Real Estate. Newvisionrealestate.com.au Station sponsor. This used to be in every car. A little lever on the dash. Left for cold air. Right for hot air. But no matter how many times Jenny slides it from left to right, the car's just as cold. And no matter how many nights her and her mum sleep in this car, it's just as uncomfortable. For every person you see sleeping on the streets, there are 13 more you don't see. So donate to the Red Shield Appeal today at salvationarmy.org.au to help the Salvos leave no one in need. Station sponsor. Does your smile embarrass you? If you have loose, damaged or missing teeth or loose-fitting dentures, better call Dr Jack. Dr Jack and the team at Infinity Dental Care can restore a rock-solid smile using an oral procedure called Digital Full Arch Solution. We remove broken teeth, replacing them with a healthy smile you'll be proud to show off. For a radiant smile designed to last your lifetime, schedule a consultation today at infinitydentalcare.com.au. Station sponsor. That's life. That's what all the people say You're riding high in April Shot down in May But I know I'm gonna change that tune When I'm back on top Back on top in June I said that's life And as funny as it may seem some people get their kicks stomping on a dream but i don't let it let it get me down cause this fine old world it keeps spinning around i've been a puppet a pauper a pirate a poet a pawn and a king i've been up and down and over and out and I know one thing Each time I find myself Flat on my face I pick myself up And get back in the race That's life That's life I tell you, I can't deny it I thought of quitting, baby But my heart just ain't gonna buy it and if I didn't think it was worth one single try I'd jump right on a big bird And then I'd fly I've been a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet A pawn and a king I've been up and down and over and out And I know one thing Each time I find myself playing Flat on my face I just pick myself up And get back in the race That's life That's life And I can't deny it Many times I thought of cutting out But my heart won't buy it But if there's nothing shaking Come this here July I'm gonna roll myself up in a big ball and die. 
Welcome back to the studio, listening live the battlefield with Mario and my guest in studio, Stella Cianotto. I just pronounced this clearly because otherwise a handbag is going to be flying towards my head. <laughs> so thank you, Stella, for the, <laughs> that fun. Um, I like to, Stella, continue our conversation. Um, it says that you are during the time of your work, you delivered over a thousand brands globally as a creative director behind brands, brand for brands. And she also, I mean she, Stella, received multiple business awards, including Best Brand Agency Sydney 2019. Can you share with our audience what possessed you to go in that 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 arena of the brands? It's very demanding, challenging, mm-hmm. competitive. Male-oriented, cutthroat, cut oh, extremely. Oh, I didn't know this. So, Phil, share with our audience, why would you go in that, that, that arena of the brands? I think the question to start with is, where did I start with to end up where I am now? <laughs> okay. You end, you know, the so, end of goal is your, you have all your business, but you started... Obviously. So I studied design at university and I actually wanted to be a professional photographer, documentary style photographer, very specifically, because I always observed people Mm -hmm. and I was always had a a curious passion for documenting life, unvarnished, unfiltered. But when I graduated university, nobody was hiring, newspapers weren't hiring and jobs for photo documentary photographers were scarce. But because I had studied under a design degree, it was easy for me to get a job as a designer. So I thought, okay, well, I'll just get a job part-time as a designer and then part-time went into full-time and a small design studio became a big design studio and a big one became an agency. And when I was working for this large ad agency, I was only there for a couple of years. But in that time, virtually every week, there was somebody leaving. So the running joke was there was a birthday cake either for someone (laughs) having a birthday or a cake for somebody leaving. And it really burnt us out. And we worked for some really high-profile clients um, and brands globally. Um, And I left there thinking, Jesus, you know, I'm building somebody else's dream. I could do this for myself and, and make a little bit more money than what I'm earning now. And therein occurred the entrepreneurial seizure, as it's described in the e-myth. And I went out on my own. I had a computer in my sister's bedroom and $600 in the bank and zero clients. And I started networking and going to events and meeting people and talking to them about updating their logo and their stationery and marketing themselves. And and that encompassed a brand. And I learnt all of these large branding techniques that we had done for these global brands. And I had diluted them down and packaged them up into small business packages. Mm. And that's how I built my business. And fast forward 25 years now later in the industry and... uh, I'm here doing what I'm doing and have delivered as many brands as you mentioned earlier. Before we take a break, uh, the question, you say you had a 600 bucks, on, uh, sorry, no money on account or 600 bucks on $600, account. $600, yeah. Laptop and which you steal it from your sister, your poor sister. <clears throat> anyway. It was, we, we, I operated out of her office, her no, bedroom office. Her bedroom office. The boffers. Was there any fear in you starting your business? No. Absolutely not. I, whether, I, whether I was young and ignorant or whether I was just so frustrated from where I was working, um, no, it, would, it seemed like the most natural thing to do. It was exhilarating and terrifying, but mm-hmm. somehow I knew I would land on my feet. And <laughs> yes, you, I laugh you're laughing at that. Why, why is that? <laughs> I laugh at that because I guess 
my entrepreneurial endeavours prior to doing that in my early 20s um, is probably where it led me to it. I mean, I was renowned in school for always having the lamington and cookie drives and always winning the first prize and pocketing (laughs) a bit of money on the side. Because what I would do, Mario, is I would say okay, well, if that's the price, I would liquid paper out the price and I would inflate everything by 20 or 30 cents a packet and I would sell it, pocket the difference. That's clever. Win the prize and still have the extra money. That's clever. Um, And, of course, fast forward to when I get to high school and by that stage, my poor father had passed away. So my mum raised my sister and I as a single parent She'd had a fantastic liquor cabinet. She's a wog. We're Italian. Yeah, we had yeah, people yeah. over all the time. <laughs> so I would design these flyers. I would sneak into the office at school, offer to help yes. so I could get access to the photocopier. Photocopy like hundreds of flyers, hand them out, charge an entry fee, and um, I would water down this alcohol and sell it and bootleg it. <laughs> extra cash. So I think it was inevitable I'd go into my own business at some stage. You know what I like? It, you're honest. Seriously. Thank you. Because uh, majority of people I interview, they come with this um, idea when they come on radio, uh, just talk about success. You know, everything is so aesthetically clean life. You know, we nobody is, it's a saint, right? I mean, you all done the blast blast, right? Trust me, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like... Success isn't clean. It's a goddamn never, roller coaster in every spectrum, colour spectrum. So it's, the second success is not? It is not clean. It is dirty, it is hard, it is blood, it is sweat, it is tears. It's like a roller coaster. You're excited when you first go on. The minute it takes off, you think, holy crap, what have I just done? Mm -hmm. You know, you go all the way up for that big dip. Yes. You lose your stomach going down and then eventually it all kind of washes out and you get to the end and you're like... Gee, I'm so glad I did that. Never have I seen anyone standing on the side of a roller coaster going, oh, we shouldn't have done that, mm. ever. So that's what success is like. It's not a straight line. Ladies and gentlemen, Stella Giannotto. What's their company called? Brand for Brands. Stella Giannotto from Brand Brand for Brands um, that you can find during the internet, right? It's a website. Brand for Brands. You can find us brandforbrands.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn and YouTube. Well, we're going to take a short break. You know, I just really, I really, I really, I'm I'm so happy that you speaking, you know, your mind and uh, events from your life as they were, rather than people want to hear it. I'd like to say thank you you to 13,000 listeners online right now for listening. Wow. Yeah, so you're very famous. SE Timbers Castle Hill are flooring experts. Not just flooring, SE Timbers supply, install and guarantee solid timber, engineered, laminate and vinyl flooring as well as carpet blinds and shutters. An authorised dealer of major brands like Borel, Preference and Quickstep. Call 98946660 or visit setimbers.com.au to arrange a free quote today. Station sponsor, SE Timber Floors and Shutters, ingrained quality. What's on at Workers? Enjoy free live music every Saturday night at Workers Blacktown, every Saturday night and Sunday afternoon at Workers Sports, and every Sunday afternoon at Workers Humitus. Plus, enjoy a full range of dining facilities. Visit the website at www.workersclub.com.au for the full music schedule, plus plenty of other activities including raffles, bingo, promotions and fun events. Workers is your club. Station sponsor. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. My, my. 
touch this. Yeah, that's how we living, and you know, can't touch this. Look at my eyes, man. Can't touch this. Yo, let me bust the funky lyrics. Fresh new kicks and bands. You got it like that, now you know you wanna dance. So move out of your seat and get a fight, girl, and catch this beat while it's rolling. Hold on, pump a little bit and let the noise go on like that. Like that. Pull on the mix, just a ball on back. Let them know that you're too much. And this is a beat uh, they can't touch. Yo, I told you, you can't touch this. Why you standing there, man? Can't touch this. Yo, sound the bell. School is in, sucker. Can't touch this. Give me a song, a rhythm, making them sweat. That's what I'm giving them now. They know you talk about the hammer, you're talking about a show that's hot and tight. Singles are sweating so fast, I'm a white or a tape. To learn what it's gonna take in the nice to burn the charts. Legit, either work hard or you might as well quit. That's word because you know you can't touch this. Can't touch this. Break it down. Welcome back to studio, listening live 19.5. My name is Mario Beckes, and this is the radio talk show Live to Butterfield. Uh, let's go raise the stakes. Today we have the remotely good friend of mine and the fitness uh, fitness guru and somebody who's running business in your fitness. And today try to help other people, Lisa Ferguson. So, hello, Lisa. How are you, Lisa? Happy Wednesday, Mario. I'm all about talking to you and Stella. Thank you for having me. How no, exciting. No, that's that's a good one. So Stella and I, we chatted today about her startup in a business and uh, her honesty just blown me away like yourself. Mm-hmm. So, Lisa, before we, uh, you know, try to, you know, talk to more Stella about her business, do you mind to share with our listeners your experience, Lisa? And we have now 15,000 online. Um, Tell us more about your uh, experience. How did you feel when you uh, been the business owner in as a fitness business owner and you've been called to stand in front of the fitness industry leaders, six packs, bronze, bronzy bodies, nobody eats the cakes and everything else. So they want to share with us because Lisa uh, is, as I said, it's a good friend of mine and she's somebody I admire very, very much. Same as Stella and Stella Honesty actually inspired me to ask Lisa to share with our audience and our guest in studio Stella about her experience standing on stage being what? Lisa, <laughs> Mike, it's yours. 
Thank you. And you're just going to keep making me relive this story, which is hilarious. And I love your honesty, Stella. It's been so refreshing to hear someone in business just say it as it is. And I really, really resonated with your point about, you know, when I was young and I went into business for myself, I wasn't scared. It just seemed like the thing to do. Um, And I reflect on that now. And I think at 35, I'm probably more scared about the prospect of going back into business than what I was at 23 when I started, which is so interesting. Um, But again, call it young and and potentially a little bit naive. I've had quite an interesting um, health journey and like uh, um, Victor Frankl writes about in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, we can make our struggle our purpose. And that certainly was true for me. So I was always a really overweight kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't lazy. I just loved food. So I played a lot of sport, played outside and the whole screen piece and clicking and collecting and all that stuff I could kind of really resonate with as well. Um, so being the overweight kid in school when I was the only one was a little bit of a challenge. Whereas now um, it's certainly more, more the norm. And so I went into business um, after becoming fit, healthy and strong through a personal trainer, incredible friend of mine, we still talk now, to help other people experience the freedom that I had also been able to embody for myself. And the really interesting thing was I bought a gym, I went into the fitness profession, um, fit, healthy and strong, to help other people be fit, healthy and strong. And within six months, we'd increased revenue by 900%, um, put 25 new team members on. Business on paper was going absolutely insane. And so a few people were hearing about this little standalone gym in in Southeast Queensland, and they invited us to speak at the National Fitness Conference about what, you know, our quote unquote secret was. And that was all fine and well until I went to buy a new outfit to speak at said conference. And at 110 kilos, and uh, 40 kilos overweight for the third time in my life, um, I was absolutely mortified to have to go to Target and buy a size 20 pair of pants in order to stand up and speak to the National Fitness Conference about my quote-unquote business success at what cost, Stella and Mario. Mm. Um, And so I think this formed a little bit of my apprehension and reservation about being really, really... Um, researched and doing my due diligence and checking myself as I do enter into new business ventures and business deals now so that it's not at what cost my quality of life, my health, because it doesn't matter what you see on a piece of paper. If it's costing you the ultimate wealth, then then what's all that for? But as you can imagine, standing on front of standing on the stage in front of a bunch of fitness professionals and it was all about fake bums, fake guns, fake all of the stuff and things, tans, teeth, um, it was, a, it was a jungle for sure. It, I, I don't think I would have done it now. Whereas back then I was a little bit younger, a bit, bit more naive. I went, I went all in, but it certainly was quite the paradox and has opened up an entire realm of um, service and, and giving back to people in business in that space. And, and Murray spoke earlier about being grateful. I'm so grateful for my struggle because it means that it can be my purpose now and I can help other people free themselves from the challenge that they may yeah, also be Yeah, because, sorry to interrupt you, Stelisa, because as Stella, you know, she has a challenge of fear starting business and Stella says no. And I try to understand, mm. is it true that the women are more courageous than the men? I, I truly believe they are. 100%. Can you, can 100%. And tell I us think, more, Joseph. I think because, um, look, without playing, you know, the sex card, 
the odds for a long time. You're on a show been... live to but if we can say what I would like, you know okay. what I mean? So... Well, I mean, the odds have been stacked against women for quite some time, yeah. right? And today, perhaps not so much, but 20 or 30 years ago, even as much as 10 years ago, they certainly were. And whether women want to um, go out there and make something of themselves because, you know, they've got a purpose or they're, they're yeah. driven by a fear or a goal or they're simply just tr- trying to move away from pain and into bliss yes. um, and to move mm. forward or whether it's a case of they're trying to provide for their family it doesn't really matter the purpose or the reasoning the point is that i think women have got an extra ability to get stuff done and to do it quickly and to do it with no nonsense and call it like it is and i i have a saying in business i play like a man but i win like a woman gracious with humor and with a smile on my face and i'm always keeping them guessing but competitive wise i can piss with the big boys interesting so can i ask you both of you ladies i don't want to name the brain but let's talk about brain and there's a certain brains in australia which they create manufacturing or designing clothing up to size 10. What yes. do you think about this, Lisa, branding, you know, I mean, when you do just a, some typical size, you know, up to one size, you know, sorry, one number size only, you don't go beyond this. What is the branding looks like for the women then? Well, I think you're making a statement. You're making a social statement about who the brand is and who the brand's target audience yeah. is. So they're not inclusive. They're rather exclusive. And when I say exclusive, I don't mean exclusive in terms of unattainable and luxury. Yeah. I mean exclusive to the point of we don't want you in our club. And it's as fundamental as that. What do you think, Lisa, about this? Oh, gee, that's... Um, <laughs> there's a few heartstrings in that. Isn't I feel there? like that, that it could be, I, I kind of get it, but it's toxic and I don't think it comes from the best place. Mm. Because for me, as, as a size 20 person um, at that time, I would have been like, mm, I, maybe that might be my goal. Maybe that's my thing. I want to be accepted. I don't want to be excluded, to your point, Stella, and to be included in this sense, I've got to be less than a size 10. However being so far away from that we want to encourage everybody to start where they're at and if you're um if that club or that store only goes up to a size 10 and you're a size 20 how easy would it be just to throw your hands in the air and say and that's exactly what people do and that's exactly what people do and i guess really the the point being is what happens is you make your consumer and your target audience feel like a second class citizen Mm. they feel less about themselves they're not um they're not encouraged they're not inspired they do not want to participate or have a consumer experience with your brand and they will never become a a purchaser can I, can i can i share, can i say something you know what i mean i will forbid every male with a six pack on social media <laughs> <laughs> you'd have no social media mario <laughs> Yeah, but Mario, <laughs> you've got the sexiest voice. That is correct. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Lisa Ferguson from Brisbane. And uh, we're going to take a short break. Lisa, stay with us online. 
Uh, we're listening live to Butterfield. Uh, my guest is studio Stella Gianotto from brainforbrains.com. Feel free to visit her website and contact her. And uh, my good friend Lisa Ferguson from Brisbane. I'll say we take a short break, and after the break, we come with more questions. We are the Insight Intelligence Group, specializing in Australian corporate investigations and information risk management, workplace investigations, competitor analysis, social media intelligence, reputational risk management, internal or external investigations. Professional and proactive Insight Intelligence Group works with you to ensure the success of the investigation. Australia-wide or global, facts, not opinion. 02882-9837. Insightintelligence.com.au Station sponsor. The Hills to Hawkesbury Community Newspaper is a family-owned and operated free community magazine. 10,000 copies are printed every fortnight and delivered to 75 different locations across the Hills and Hawkesbury areas. If you're unable to pick up a printed copy... There is free online access at hillstohawksbury.com.au plus the newspaper's social media sites. The Hills to Hawksbury team's aim is to inform, involve and inspire, which is why partnering with a live 90.5 makes perfect sense. Station sponsor. Are you looking for a home loan or refinancing your existing loan? Confused by all the mortgage rigmarole? Not sure where to start? Give Deb a call from Debbie Does Home Loans. With access to over 30 lenders, she can find you the best deal according to your personal situation. Best part is you won't pay a cent for her services. Call Deb on 0449 909 133. The mortgage broker who puts the fun back into finance. DebbieDoesHomeLoans.com.au Station sponsor. I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me. When you hold me in your arms so tight, you let me know everything's alright.
McGrath Estate Agents understand that selling your home is one of the most important financial decisions you'll ever make. With award-winning teams in the hills, their service goes above and beyond any other to create great results and lifelong relationships to deliver the best possible result. Brett Humby of McGrath Estate Agents will unlock value in your home you never knew existed. To realise more and experience the McGrath Advantage with Brett Humby, head to mcgrath.com.au or search Brett Humby today. Station sponsor. We are Invictus Partners, an Australian company specialising in checking software usage across the major vendors like SAP, Oracle, IBM, Microsoft and VMware. Are you looking to reduce your software fees? Are you worried about being audited? Are you migrating to the cloud? Do you need help working out your software usage versus entitlements? Contact us at Invictus Partners today before you get hit with a compliance fine. Go to www.invictuspartners.com to arrange a no-obligation discussion to see how we can help you. Station sponsor. And welcome back to the studio, listening live the Butterfly with Mario, my guest in studio, Stella Gernotto from Brain for Brains. Now, Stella, let's go do some statistics and let's go talk about brains. We have everybody talks about they are the brain, exclusive brain, black yes. brain, whatever they call themselves. How do we know what brains we can trust and what brains would you say that trustworthy? And what's the criteria we choose the brains? Well, brands that are trustworthy or brands that have what I suppose the term used is, you know, that are customer or consumer centric, generally display a couple of different things. And so if we look at, say, an organisation like Forbes, they look at companies that are customer centric or brands that are customer centric and they assist them over five things. So interestingly, there's been a new introduction, a new category, and they look at things like innovation, you know, how have they creatively solved problems or how have they looked at trends and addressed the needs of their consumers. You know, they've looked at things like the um, consumer experience and the mindset. So how much of their service offering or product offering is, um, you know, takes the stress out of buying from them. They've also looked at what those companies and those brands did during the pandemic. How did they react? How did they respond? And okay. that, that leads into another category too, is that they also look at the, the employees of that organisation. How did they treat the employees you know, that worked for that particular brand during the pandemic? And they also look at things like the community and the environment. How do they give back? What do they do for the local community? Do they support causes? Do they have a global impact statement that they're working towards an environmental or sustainability? So that's how they judge brands that are that are focused on consumer uh, being at the heart of what they do. So it's interesting too, because if we were to look at, you know, there are some brands that got it hopelessly wrong during the pandemic and they did what I call ostriching. They literally stuck their head in the sand and ignored that there actually was a real pandemic. So a lot of their ad campaigns were extremely tone deaf. And then the ones that actually really got it right. Um, and there are many, many examples, but I like to use the homegrown ones. So one of my favourite brands yes, is... We'll share with us, yes, yeah. is Cora Organics. Now, this is not a live advertisement. So Cora Organics <laughs> is a company founded by our own Miranda Kerr, for, who is a well-known model mm-hmm. and used to be a victorious secret model. She founded an organic skincare line. Yes. And so during the pandemic, she actually sent out relief skincare packs to all of the frontline workers just to say thank you. Millions and millions of dollars. Yep. Um, She's just a good old Aussie. So that's one example. Is this Miranda Kerr? Miranda Kerr, yes. Is she alive? 
I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't no, seriously, I didn't, I don't know where she is last five years. Eh? Well, she's not modelling as much anymore because okay. obviously she um, is has her new venture and okay. her investments. But no, she focuses primarily on Cora Organics, and it's a skincare line that she did start here in Australia. So she gave every frontline worker cream. A, a face kit, a, a face kit, kit, a self-care kit, well basically. Well done, Miranda. And it wasn't just one, it was actually a package of products. Okay. That's very interesting. So, in terms of like when we do the, the, all these brands around, uh, you know, um, in Australia, I can see that the trend is always going around same, uh, same, same brands, you know, like I don't know how to uh, classify them, but either, either it's like FMCGs or telco companies yes. or the large e- energy companies. Why is that there? Why why we don't why we don't have the you know some type of different metrics in I mean the, the, the brands why we don't have the brands you know of unknown you know Joe Doe you know I mean whatever it is because obviously these, these big names big names big names how are they competing this you know these big 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 names well I think the way that these larger organisations <coughs> um, are being how should we say assessed is through a specific index, right? Mm. Um, And so that obviously looks at um, how much market share they have and what their brand positioning is in their marketplace. And it's obviously breaking down into industry sector. What we're going to start seeing moving forward is less focus on the industry sector and more focus on what the brand actually does direct for the consumer. So up until now, we've we've been familiar with, you know, um, uh, B2B, so business to business marketing and business to consumer. I believe that in the next five to ten years we're going to see a shift and we're going to see a br to c which is a brand to consumer brands oh, can no go, go okay. direct to consumer so when you start thinking it in context of that it's like okay well the balance of power has shifted now so the consumer we've always known there's been consumer demand now we're going okay. into consumer insistence because customer service and high quality and efficiency and getting the product in the consumer's hand has been what has made brands different as what's differentiated them now that's expected so consumer insistence are like no no no. you as the brand have to meet me where i'm at and how i want to shop and how i want to experience your product and if you don't give it to me i'm going to switch (laughs) i'm going to switch eh? and and we saw that happening during the pandemic it was absolutely right if i say this you know i'll say that queen elizabeth she's a brand for stability consistency and somebody who is very generous person is that stance. If I say she's that an per- absolute that powerhouse. Person. Oh, okay. I wrote an article about Queen Elizabeth. Yes. I wrote an article. I said, is she a dying legacy or is she a powerhouse brand? Now, let me give you some statistics Feel, about yeah. the Queen Elizabeth. Yes. She, Her Majesty, has recently passed away. Unfortunately. Yeah. So for her platinum jubilee, Barbie Mattel released a limited edition um, uh, Queen doll in her honour. It sold out online. I didn't even know this. Say, like it sold out online in three seconds globally gone one two three can't get your hands on it anymore jeez i didn't even know it was happening this say yep she's got millions and millions and followers across all of her um social media accounts in in the media alone she has been uh mentioned over two million times in only the last 12 to 18 months i truly believe she's she's the brand for something beautiful um, unfortunately, she passed away, and you know I'm not sure. That, can you say what the person represents the brains? Because 
social media drives the insanity amongst the people and everybody try to call themselves brand ambassador but we come after this after the break now mm. it's at 2.57 on a Wednesday 14 September 2022 um, I'd like to say thank you all of you listeners online at 5 members as well I'd like to say thank you Stella Giannotto from Brand for Brands um, for being today in studio with us we take a short break and after the news about 3 or 3 we come back with more questions for Stella thank you Thanks for listening to the best in community radio, Alive 90.5. Alive 90.5. 